Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tech Talk SMB. I am delighted to be sitting here today with Sebastian Julian. Sebastian is the R&D technical advisor and project manager at ArcCAD Software. Additionally, just this year, I'm happy to say that Sebastian was nominated and selected to be an IBM champion. So congratulations on that, Sebastian. Thank you, Charlie. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sebastian, I, I'm so happy that you're here because we're going to be talking today about a topic that I've been hearing so much about lately. And it, it, it was important to me to bring somebody who is so close to the to the topic. And specifically, I'm talking about VS Code for IBM I. I know you are one of the larger contributors to this project. And I wanted to talk about that specifically. Can you tell me, uh, before we even get involved with what the tool can do and things like that, what does it mean? What, it, what do you do with VS Code for IBM I? What's your involvement with it? And what does it mean to be a contributor to this project? Well, being a contributor, uh, it means that you will try to bring uh, value to this to this project. Since it's an open source project, uh, anybody can contribute to it. But uh, being involved in this uh, means I can contribute new new ideas, new feature to this uh, to this wonderful project. That means so much to a lot of IBM I developers as far as I know. And so being involved is like coding a new feature or trying something. You know, if you think about something that would be uh, worth implementing that everybody might like, uh, you can submit an ID or even submit some code, implement it yourself and add it to the project. And that's, that's what I love. That's what I love about this being open source and being open to the to the community. How did you get involved with this tool? How did you get? What was your interest in getting so involved as you are with this project with this tool? Oh well, I guess it started a year and a half now. Um, I I had the chance to to meet uh, Liam Liam Allen. You might know him. It's not very well known but well <laughs> and so i had the chance to work with liam uh, professionally on a common project for uh, ibm and well i took interests in uh, in code for ibm i cuz it was uh, it was this open source extension that was bringing IBM I development to VS Code. And turns out I'm a developer myself and I was, well, learning the, the TypeScript language, the one that the, the one code for I is being written in. And so I think, well, I could contribute to, to this. I, I feel confident that I can involve myself in this project and bring bring some value because so far I couldn't uh, give a session or, or whatever and that was for me the perfect opportunity to 
let's say, give something back to the IBMI community through this open source project. And so I decided to start with a small contribution and bug fixes. And then I started to improve the, the code clean clean a few a few a few pieces of code here and there and i got involved more and more and then i got to meet the the core team uh which is comprised of liam christian jorgensen and joseph bright you know them all and now there's me and it's yeah it's it's very interesting experience uh because you get to you get to write code, you get to get involved with people as well, and it's uh yeah it's it's a really great experience, and I will carry on with this for for years to come, I guess. You mentioned a term there that that piqued my interest, and that's core team, because we yes. we, we know that anybody can really contribute. You know, submit ideas or contribute code, but there there is the concept of this core team. What exactly does that core team mean in this context? So on code for i the core team, uh, it's the team of people that are responsible for managing the the project. You know, anybody can contribute anything to the project, but at some point, it needs to be reviewed and someone needs to decide if this is going to make its way into the extension or if something else should be implemented and and so we are the team that that does that uh it means that one of us can review a pull request so if someone wants to contribute something he can just open a pull and submit a pull request and so we can uh, review the code, make sure it's compliant with what we usually uh, do in the extension. And so we review the code and if it's good, we can uh, merge this pull request into the main branch of, of the project. And this is what, and we usually also are the people most uh, engaged with replying to issues or answer questions and ask people even ask people to participate uh, and get involved into the into the project so this is what the core team is and since we're writing the code for the extension and being the most active in the project we are also the most knowledgeable about what it can do and cannot do and I know, for example, that whenever we have a CCSID problem, uh, Christian will step right in and answer the question because he's very, very, very used to tackling CCSID issues. <laughs> he loves that. Sebastian, one thing I noticed when I open up VS Code, very often there are updates to be installed. And you know, re reload, re you know, restart require, reload require, but that's not an uncommon event. It seems that this is a very dynamic project, and there are always new things to be installed. Can you speak to that? I mean, are these are these fixes? Are they enhancements, or is it a combination of all different things? It's a combination of all that, and uh, you're actually true. Uh, sometimes during the day, 
VS Code wants to update something twice or three times or, well, whenever an extension gets updated on the marketplace, you get a notification that something uh, is ready to be updated. It doesn't ask for your permission. It, it says, okay, you should restart because something got updated here and it's going to be, to be nice. So these are the extensions and VS Code itself usually gets an update every month. So you have an update named after the month we're in and once a month VS Code updates itself. But as far as the extensions uh, are uh, concerned, they can be updated whenever they need to. Sometimes we published uh, a release twice in a day because we fixed a bug then we found another one that was a breaking bug and we fixed it right away and make a new release. And making a release, it takes no time at all, like two minutes. We just click on two or three buttons in, in GitHub and then we have a CI-CD process that, that published the release for us. So that's why we can be very reactive to whenever something bad is found in the extension. Right, so the core team subscribes to a very agile methodology. Yeah, we do. Which is, you know, continuous integration, continuous improvement, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's wonderful. CICD, you mentioned that already, perfect. How do people find out if, if, if there are, when there's a reload required, restart required because of a push of an update, if mm -hmm. I was, Curious to see what that is. How would I find out what was being updated? Um, for now, your best chance is to check out the Git repository, the GitHub repository. And there is a release page on GitHub for each project. And you can check out the, the release notes of the of the latest version and you have the history of every version but uh the latest release will be there and you'll have the release note based on every pull request that's been merged uh, since the last release and this is also something that is provided by by github and now when we have significant updates we also try to advertise them for example over linkedin to put the, the, the spotlight on the next cool feature that's been, uh, that's been published. If we have only bug fixes, we might not talk about it, but if there is a nice feature that's been implemented, you can be sure that one of us will talk about it on, uh, on LinkedIn because it would be a shame to, to miss it. And Maybe in the future, uh, I'm teasing a little bit, but we're thinking about implementing a what's new page that will open itself when you something important gets updated in VS Code. That'd be very helpful too, of course. So, so um, Sebastian, you, you and I are, are talking here as if whoever's listening to this podcast has an understanding on how to even get into the product and how to use it or the, the project, the, the project, the extension, that they have some familiarity with it. But if I was somebody after hearing this saying, well, wow, there's something I want to explore, I want to look at, what, what would I do? How would I get started into just begin using this? And, and what, what do you think might be the learning curve to actually get started to become productive on this? 
Um, I guess it doesn't take much to get used to using VS Code and Code for IBMI to start doing stuff on IBMI and using it as your daily driver uh, for developing on, on IBMI. I mean, what you need to do basically is download VS Code, install it on your Mac, your PC. Uh, it, whatever your operating system is. I mean, it runs on Mac, Linux, Windows. So you install it, and from there, you just go to the extension view and just typing in IBMI might be enough to find the developer package, IBMI developer extensions package uh, that regroups all the extension you need to get started. So you just install this, and as extensions in VS Code are quite lightweight, it will just take a couple of minutes to download and install. You'll just have to restart VS Code, and you'll be ready to go. You'll have Code4i up and running in VS Code. You'll create a new connection, and then you'll be you'll be ready to go. We even have a link, a direct link to the online documentation in the extension so you can see how to get started how you can create the main um, how to create a filter how to browse your objects find your source members browse the ifs all of this is documented online um, i and some people have been creating tutorials on youtube as well so you can find tutorials on how to get started with code4i but all in all, I guess it takes five minutes to get started and you get all the resources online. And it, it's, a, it's a truly a community-driven project. It is, it is. We have many, many, many people involved uh, in this directly or indirectly. Um, I'm, I mean, we don't oversee what's going on on YouTube or, or whatever, we just, take care of the extension and whatever spawns around the extension is out of our reach but it's it's been it's been growing fast you know there are there are many as i said many people making videos on youtube on how to do this or that using code for i and that's so interesting and i guess that if somebody is interested in uh trying it it takes yeah again five minutes and you mentioned that you said lightweight. That's an interesting term. It just it can install on even the most basic of pieces of hardware. It sounds like. Oh yeah, yeah. It it runs. Uh, it doesn't take much resource to to run VS Code. So even a very old PC. I mean, I have. I even managed to run it on a Chromebook, which is not a very powerful laptop. But it runs. It runs. Uh, it runs okay. I could install VS Code and work on Code4i and connect to an IBMI and um, create some RPG programs from there. And you know, even if you don't have a very powerful PC, there is an extra feature that is very interesting. Um, do you know about Code Spaces on GitHub? Yes, I do. But explain it to those who are listening, please. Sure. So 
when you are browsing a GitHub repository, you can open a code space in your browser to work on this repository. And what happens when you request code space, it spins up a virtual machine on github.com that will run uh, a browser hosted instance of VS Code. So you'll have VS Code right into your browser and you can install extensions in, in it, which means that you can install code for IBMI in this uh, web-based VS Code and you can start using VS Code in your browser, given that you need to be able to connect to an IBMI from internet. But you can at least try it with uh, Pub 400, which is publicly accessible. So you can try it. You can open, create a new code space, install code for I in it, and try it. And when you're done, you can delete the workspace, the code space, and, and that's fine. And you mentioned Pub 400. That's the, that is that free, uh, that free IBMI access that we can get to, create a mm -hmm. like you said, and we can certainly point to that system and we can have a complete IBMI environment to do testing on. Yeah. Testing. Exactly. It could be it could be like a sandbox if you want to try something. Perfect. And then you can you can discard the code space. It's fine. Let's get into this a little bit more because we've been talking more on the the um the boundaries or the periphery of 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 this. Let let's get into some of the features. I know it's difficult to uh, to discuss them discuss them in absence of a a video to go along. But I think we we can finally talk about some features that you've been working on. Some some maybe a favorite feature or what 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 might you say might be some of the coolest things you've worked on either in the past or maybe more recently and maybe what's just come out. Well. Uh, I can think of a few a few cool features. Well, some I've been working on, uh, so I'm quite proud of them, and I hope people will find it useful. But for example, um, I implemented drag and drop support in the IFS Explorer, which means that now you can download files uh, or upload files to the IFS from your Explorer. So you can drag and drop a file or a folder or whatever and upload it through VS Code into the IFS. Right from, you your, also, right from your desktop. Right from your desktop. That's it. You take a file, you put it in there, and it will be uploaded on the IFS. And now you can also uh, use this drag and drop in the IFS browser as well if you want to reorganize your files. It wasn't possible so far, but it's uh, it's it's quite quite convenient. Uh, what else do we have? Um, Christian worked on some uh, source lookup, some something that allows you to find to browse very quickly the content of uh, of a source file if you are looking for a member. So there is like a very fast content assist that's built in VS Code. And if you're looking to open uh, a source member, you can just start typing its name and it will uh, make some um, suggestions for you. But it's, uh, it's quite fast. So it's very, very convenient if you want to open a source member on the fly, just type its name in, uh, in the top search bar and it will find it for you very fast. 
Um, and globally, what I like about VS Code is that it's it's so fast when you're trying to browse something or look for something. It's, uh, you know, the, inter the interface is clear and we try to keep it simple. And in turn, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fast. It's really fast. Whichever, whatever you do, if you browse the IFS or browse QSIS, it's, it's always quite fast and responsive. You know, I'd say one of my favorite things, or one I think it's very cool, is that you can run SQL directly from the CL editor. Indeed, you can do that now. And yeah, in the Code4i ecosystem, we've been talking about Code4i, but it, there is an actual ecosystem. There are a, a few other, uh, let's say, child extension to the main extension, like the, the DB2 extension, which is still a pre-release, but I know a lot of people are using it to get access to SQL and run SQL queries right from VS Code which is also very convenient when you're developing something. I mean, I use it when I'm developing code for i because we are using the IBM services that runs through SQL. And so when you need to try something on the fly, what's, be what's better than running it from the IDE? You mean anchored in the IDE? Not the anchored in the IDE. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I know if I, like there are some refactoring features in there also that I like. Yeah, there are. Uh, most are in the RPG extension, I guess. And um, yeah, it brings it brings a lot of useful feature like refactoring, as you said. Uh, there are also some very useful cut snippets. If you, for example, if you create a new program, you can create the what's needed to declare a new cycleless RPG program. So there is a snippet for that. You just hit control space, select the, the main snippet, and it will create whatever is needed to, to do that. And you can start coding right away. It will literally insert a whole block of code for you to start typing with. Yeah, exactly. It will declare the main procedure and name it after the, uh, the source member. So you can just get started right away. Don't have to worry about remembering how to do all this. If if I was using if I was using the tool and I was I thought to myself, hey, wouldn't it be great if this new feature existed? If I had this if I had this, this what I think is a great idea, wouldn't it be great if it did this, whatever, whatever that happens to be? How would I get that information to you? Do I do I email you? Do I get do I how do I submit that idea to you if I'm not going to code it myself? How how do I let the core team know that this is something that I think should be implemented into the project. The best way to do this is to get over to GitHub on the Git repository and go to the, well, first you can try the discussion if you want to discuss about something, not about an issue, for example. But uh, if you have this very cool ID uh, and you want to share it with well, with us, but with the community because people can then upvote uh, your ID. So you can create a new issue on the Git repository and add the label uh, idea or announcement 
and then describe the describe the idea you have and then usually a discussion ensues and someone will eventually pick it up in in the core team or not i mean everybody is free to submit code and we are more than happy to help newcomers uh, submit code and help understanding uh, the extension architecture or just TypeScript itself. It's it's always so nice to see new people contributing to uh, to this project. So yeah, to get back to your question, the best way to submit an ID is to go on GitHub and create a new a new issue. VS Code is really built and it supports extensions. That, that's how you really, I guess, customize it to, to be most productive for yourself. But there are so many, if you go to the marketplace, there are so many different extensions you can download that might be helpful as well, not just using code for I. Are there any particular extensions that you that you say this is a must-have. It's not one that we we created, but it's, it's something that we should have as part of your basic tool set. Are there any any extensions that you could recommend or just just talk about? Well, uh, the first one that comes to my mind is related to Git because since Git is supported on IBM I, and there is a whole methodology on how to use Git um, on on IBM I, there is the Code lens, uh, the code lens extension for Git. I, I guess it's it's Git, Git code lens. Can't quite remember, but the code lens is a feature built in VS Code. This is an API that lets you provide code lenses for uh, for your code, and this creates some links in the code itself. And for, ex for example, for this extension, it will add a few useful links related to changes made through Git in your source code. So you can have your RPG code that was synchronized on Git. And for a specific line, you can see who changed it recently and what was the history of the line and features like that. But they get integrated in the editor itself. So you don't have to go outside of the editor. You stay in the code, and you have this right, uh, right here. One of the topics that has really captured my imagination for this year, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. It's on everybody's mind now. Is AI, for sure. Sure. And certainly within VS Code, there are ways to to have it complement development. I'm I'm thinking of Copilot specifically. What can you what can you say about that? You know how how might Copilot be helpful to anybody who's developing using Code for I? Um, well, the first use case that comes to my mind would be to ask Copilot to to give me the code to call I don't know a specific RPG API because it's always the same code over and over again. But you need to remember the prototype and what are the parameters. And uh, so declaring the same procedure over and over again, you will never um, remind it. You know, I always forget how to, I don't know, how to read an entry from a data queue using the API. So 
you can just go and ask a pilot or ChatGPT or whichever you like, how do I call this API in RPG on IBM I? And that will save you a lot of time because it will speed out this uh, this snippet and it will be it will be ready to go. And you can even ask for some other um, lines of code for some examples, you know, just to get the general idea on how to do this in RPG. You can say, okay, I have a table uh, and I want to read the five first entries in my RPG program. And how do you do that? And this is something that can be really helpful on a daily basis to save you some time, you know, to not repeat not very useful code over and over again and focus on what, what matters on the, on the business logic. I know one of my favorite things in using one of these AI tools is highlighting a block of code and saying, what is this actually doing? And mm -hmm. it will then explain to me exactly what it's doing, which is just completely fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must agree that if, if you haven't written this code, that's very useful. Yeah, especially very complex code. It helps break it down. It helps break it down for you, which is it's just it's it's a it's amazing to me, mind-boggling of what it's capable of doing. It's 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 amazing. I don't know how yeah. to, I don't know how else to describe it. And and right from the IDE, you don't have to leave your editor. You can just ask for it while you're typing your code. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's here to stay, which is amazing. I guess. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I guess we, we can start wrapping up our little conversation here, but what, what is your, you might've hinted at it already, but do you have a, a particular favorite part of working on the project? As, as a developer working on the project itself, what, what is your favorite thing about that? Is it, is it maybe the, the tool itself working on the, the development cycle, you know, maybe the community? What's your favorite part of working on this project? Uh, I love the enthusiasm that surrounds the the project. Yeah, that that's what I guess um, motivates me the most is that when you implement a new feature and you submit a new feature, people being very enthusiastic about it and seeing the added value that will bring in uh, when they are using the the tool uh, on a daily basis. That's really that's really nice. And talking about what we should implement with the core team and arguing if this is good or this is bad or this should be done. Uh, this is always very, very, very interesting. We have we always have some very interesting chats about what should be done and what's the next feature we should be focusing on. And it's always fun. That's that's the bottom line. For me, it's really fun to write a new feature and see it coming to life, you know, and quickly, quite quickly, because it uh, doesn't take much to add something into uh, into VS Code, which is what I like. It's it's the simplicity uh, of the API, and it lets you implement new new ideas really really fast, and I love that. So what would be your final piece of advice, 
I guess is the right word, your final piece of advice to somebody who's still using a green screen editor, for example, SCU, for example, mm -hmm. what, what's, your, what's your advice to them to, to start using more modern tools? What, what would be your advice? If you had a chance to speak to these people directly, what would you say to these people? Um, I would say, uh, don't, don't be shy. Give it a, give it a try. It's, uh, it's worth giving it a try. It doesn't require much investment on your part. Uh, I guess you can just install the, install the S code, install the extension and give it a try. See how easy you can get things done in uh, a modern and fast interface. Because I'm the first one that likes to use a uh, command line because it, it's, it's easy and fast depending on what you need to do. But when it comes to coding, I like to have a modern, uh, a modern ID, modern editor. And so it's, it's worth trying it at least. I know that some people really, really likes, uh, they really like ECU, but VS Code is meant to be simple. Code4i is meant to be simple. So it's worth giving the, the extension a chance. Yeah, and and for today's demands that are on developers today to use you know, to write modern code, things like that, SCU is just not the way to go anymore. It, it's it's just outdated. It, it doesn't support what we need to do to develop new modern code. Mm -hmm. That's true. You you won't attract any any young developer with SCU. There is no way. There is no way. What you need to show them is modern RPG. So it would be free RPG in, I don't know, the ID they use to learn how to program during school, in school, you know? And so when they will be look, looking for a new job, if they see somebody talking about developing on VS Code, if it's for IBM I or not, it's fine, but at least they will be attracted by what they see. And what they see is a modern language, free RPG, on a modern IDE, which is VS Code. Which would uh, certainly help just dispel so many of these silly myths that we're working on an old machine. This is as mm -hmm. modern as any machine I've ever worked on. Yeah, yeah, I know I know a few, uh, few companies that hired young people to work on RPG, but they would just give them the IDE, the modern IDE, and they told them, okay, you can, you need to change this piece of code here. So you just work on this and they didn't ask any question. And they didn't tell them that, uh, they didn't tell them that they were going to be working on IBMI. So that was a backend and it used to be called AS400 and etc. and it was, they didn't ask any question. And after a few weeks, they told them what was behind the ID. But at first, all they saw was this modern code and it wasn't different, so different from PHP or C++ or whatever. So they didn't mind working with RPG, which is a really cool language. Yeah, absolutely. Sebastian, what can I say? We've been uh, <laughs> we've been talking about uh, VS Code, Code for IBMI. 
And um, this has been great. We we didn't do a deep dive into the product, but I, I think this gave a lot of good insight into how the product, how the project works, how it's supported, things like that. So thank you very much. And just from me to you, thank you for your for your time commitment that you've that you've put into the project. I mean, I think it's very evident to anybody who uses it they, that they can see the the fruits of all your labor. It's really it's amazing. It's quite fascinating to me. Well, thank you, Charlie. That's that's very nice. Um, and I've been thrilled to be recording this with uh, with you. And I really hope that I could get people motivated to to use VS Code and, and try Code for I. Well, we'll we'll see. I think I think uh, we're, it's it's on a good it's on a good path. So thank you again for that. And um, thank you again for your contribution even to this podcast. And one more time, congratulations on being named an IBM champion for this year. That's quite an honor to, um, to be bestowed on anybody. And I think you're very deserving of that title. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you very much. Congratulations to you for being a returning champion for... Ooh, how many years now? <laughs> uh, it's been a while, but and but I'm 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 grateful every year for the recognition. It's it, it and when I said to you, I, I say to myself as well, it is quite an honor, and the recognition is is really wonderful to have that by IBM. So thank oh, you as well. I I agree. It's been overwhelming for now, and I'm just a baby champion for now. A baby champion. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good, interesting term. A baby champion. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Sebastian, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you very, very much. As always, I always enjoy chatting with you. Thank you. Looking forward. Likewise. To, looking forward to seeing you um, in person again at some point soon, hopefully. Oh yeah, whenever you want. Great. And thank you, everybody, for hanging in there and listening to our podcast. And we hope to speak to you again in the coming months. Thank you, everybody. Bye now. <laughs>